say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes, your TV and film podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. I am your regular host, Derek, and I have my two lovely co-hosts with me, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Yep, that's me. That is you. Uh, Welcome back, guys. This is episode 210, and this week we are finally getting around to the DCEU, the good with the bad. And what I mean by that is we've actually done this twice for the MCU. It was our very, very first episode, and it was we did a redo of it for our 200th episode. So now the DCEU, that's what we're going to be covering for our main topic here today. But before we, we do that, before we get into the, the nitty-gritty, we've got news to cover. Um, coincidentally, it's all DC news, so sorry if, if you wanted to hear other stuff. Um, but let's, let's start with just kind of a funny one that we can speculate about. It, there's, you know, with the Snyder Cut being officially announced, there's all these talks about like the Ayer Cut of the Suicide Squad. Apparently, there is a Schumacher cut of Batman Forever that is 170 minutes long. Do you guys want to see a director's cut, a Schumacher cut of Batman Forever? Uh, God help me, I do. <laughs> I'd say want is a strong word, but uh, I mean, if it was on HBO Max, I would probably watch it, but I don't know that, I, th- I think I could proceed forward with my life not watching it and it never releasing and be okay. Rachel, it looks like the Man of Steel's Dalt is, is coming over onto your shoulder right now because of your funny. mic. That's where I want it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all want that. <laughs> Fighting for it. So what you're missing there is we record this live. We stream it on Facebook uh, in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash screen heroes. You can join us Tuesday nights. And we uh, use Zoom right now for this. And our virtual backgrounds are sometimes pretty great. Ray has Henry Cavill as Superman with the mustache. From the courtroom scene, if you're really That's- trying to... Yeah, that's See how it, it should be. Paint though. the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not how it should be, but we can talk about that another time. Um, yeah. So, 170 minute cut, three hour cut, almost of Batman Forever, which is the the Jim Carrey Riddler and Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face. So and that's the part that I want. Like, just you know, 
few hours of those two playing off each other, especially knowing that they, like, Tommy Lee Jones hated him. I just, I just want to see that. I don't really care about Val Kilmer. He was serviceable, but, you know, those two were amazing. That's what an actor always strives for, is serviceable. Well, I mean, that's Val Kilmer's entire career. Hey, 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 hey. Be very careful, Rachel. Yeah, yeah. You guys want to name something stellar? Oscar winning. Tombstone. The Doors and Tombstone. Wow. Top Gun. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, come on. Have you guys both seen The Doors? Yeah, I have not seen the doors. It's boring. I have fallen asleep like eight times during oh, it. Oh man, I he's so good in that movie. If you like, I mean, you have to kind of like the Doors music to really enjoy the film. I think I only but, know "Riders on the Storm" because of Need for Speed Underground. Well, it's in there. <laughs> that song is, is certainly in there. Um, all right, well let's let's move on then. So additional DC news: we have two projects that are rumored to be or reported, which apparently is stronger than a rumor but still not confirmed, to be in development. (laughs) Um, These are a Zatanna film and a Constantine film, both of which are supposed to be separate from the Justice League Dark series that Bad Robot is heading up. Um, Both of these would also be done by Bad Robot, which is uh, part of J.J. Abrams' deal with Warner Brothers, but these would be separate stories that focus on the two characters. There may be crossover that's always possible but let's talk a little bit about these what do you guys want to see from a Zatanna or Constantine film um I I want it to be the same film yeah that's basically what I was thinking too (laughs) they're such complimentary characters having them each in their own film and not each other's films is kind of silly to me yeah I just don't understand it with now by now we've seen enough Constantine through the CW show the movie, um, well, you know, the show that was not originally on the CW is now on the CW and on the Seed, and then him on Legends uh, uh-huh. and the animated series. We we're familiar enough with Constantine. I think that uh, Zatanna we don't know as well, and it would I think it would be tough for her to carry her own movie by herself. But I think having Constantine either as a secondary character or them just like as both primary characters uh, would be the best way to go for sure. Oh, yeah. Do either of you want to see Keanu Reeves' version of Constantine no. continue here? I wouldn't be mad if it happened, but, like, I, it was fine. It just, I don't know. There was nothing so good about it that makes me really want him back. Like, you know, Ben Affleck as Batman, if somebody said, do you want him back? And I would say yes, because he was a great Batman and he didn't get his due. Constantine, Keanu Reeves got his due he got a whole movie to himself and nothing stood out enough to where i feel like i really need him back as constantine i think it would be fun to have him back i think it would you know bring some much needed continuity uh we all know that they're not going to have matt ryan do it you know it's sad because i he's very good he is fantastic oh my god i adore him so i Obviously, the biggest likelihood is that they're going to recast and it'll be a completely new person altogether. And that could be really cool. But seeing Keanu back would be really fun as well. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Derek? You're not going to answer your own question. Um, I'll answer it. I mean, I think, I think, I, I think I'd be fine either way. It depends on, of course, if the new person is good at it, right? Like that would be the real catch. Is you know, if you repl- you could end up replacing the you know Keanu Reeves with somebody who's not as good, or you could replace him with somebody who's even better. So, you know, I think that I'd be fine either way as long as it ends up being decent. You know, uh, the Constantine film that Keanu Reeves did is is so far removed from the DCEU, especially, let alone comic book movies in general. You know, it, it predates the MCU. And so I think it's okay to move on from that. But of course, you know, there's all this talk of Michael Keaton returning as Batman and Flashpoint, and that brings you all the way back to 1989 and uh, DC maybe trying to do some type of convergence storyline with their movies. Uh, that we can we can dovetail into the next the next news piece, which is that there are rumors, not reports, but rumors, that there will be a Justice League Rebirth film that will be landing at some time in the future. And my thought on this, before I pass it to you guys, is that this is a perfect idea for the post Flashpoint movie. So you go through, you get the Snyder cut. Snyder gets to tell that entire story. You do Flashpoint, which gets to do whatever changes they want to make, right? And then you bring in this rebirth. And so if you want to keep Gal and Fisher and Ezra Miller and Jason Momoa and bring back Henry Cavill, but replace Ben Affleck with Pattinson, then you can do that with a rebirth style film. It's post Flashpoint. So lots of things can change. Anything they want could change. Um, so I think it's a really wow, Does your idea. perfect Justice League not have Shazam in it? Is that what I was just getting from that conversation? Aww. It's like I the only know. one well, you didn't mention. Uh, he's, well, it's not the only one I didn't mention, but he's the only one who hasn't been included in any of the team-ups yet. Um, and but so his movie was most referential of all of them to the uh, bigger universe, so... I just don't know if they're what their plans are going to be with that, right? Like we're supposed to see a Shazam too, but we're also supposed to see a Black Adam, and Black Adam isn't even supposed to meet Shazam until maybe a Shazam three, and Ugh. maybe maybe Superman is going to be in Shazam too. So like I don't know what what's going on there. I would love for Zachary Levi Shazam to show up again and again and again because I think it's one of the greatest in everything choices, like ever. Uh, he's wonderful. And bring him into Doom Patrol. I want to bring him in Doom Patrol. Oh, that'd be so. Oh man, ah, oh, so good. Um, I just, I so that would be wonderful. It'd be great. But I also wouldn't be surprised if they keep him on his own track for now. You know, kind of like they've done with you know the Suicide Squad characters. Like you've got Harley and you've got the Birds of Prey, and other than the small Batman cameo in the first Suicide Squad movie, that's still been kept fairly separate. Yes, I don't know. I think it's a good idea for you know right now they're struggling and you know a full reset like that would probably be their best bet but um we we'll talk about it tonight but we all know warner brothers does not handle things exceptionally well in general their ideas seem good in theory and then their execution is piss poor so you know i don't know it's tough to put any faith in into uh that decision ray what are your thoughts this is a total wait and see situation for me. If I pass judgment too soon, it'll probably come back to bite me. So I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, it could be really good. It could also be really bad. So I'm just withholding and we'll, we'll see. 
we will see. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so before we really start tying things completely into the DCEU, um, as everything else we've talked about is speculative, whether or not it will be tied in, we have some news on the Stargirl TV show. So Stargirl is a new show. It was dual released on DC Universe as well as the CW, and its first season is just wrapping up. It's been renewed for season two, which, uh, you know, is always a good thing. You know, these, it means these actors get, and the cast and crew get to keep working together, and we have a new DC superhero that's moving forward. However, in the absolute just confusing, convoluted disaster that is DC Universe, she will not be returning to DC Universe. Instead, Stargirl is moving directly to the CW for season two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised by this. Are either of you surprised by this? Not in the slightest. No, not surprised. I think that all the shows are going to be moving. I, I would ima- I would imagine when DC announces or Warner Brothers announces Doom Patrol season three, which seems inevitable at this point, uh, that it will only be on HBO Max. Um, and Titans will, I'm guessing. Have they even announced a season three for Titans? I thought it was greenlit, but I don't know that it ever entered production. Okay. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, if, if they haven't announced it, then it wouldn't surprise me if they announced it as a dual release and then season mm-hmm. four is primarily on HBO Max. So, I mean, I think that DC Universe are just trying to milk for as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, right. I, I, it's fine. I get it. The, the almighty dollar rules the world, so... I feel bad for people like you guys though, that are stuck with a service that seems basically useless at this point. Well, we don't have it anymore, actually. Oh, okay. we, that's good. Our, yeah, when our year was up, we did not renew it, which has been a bummer because we really wanted to watch uh, season two of Harlequin, but that's going to be coming to HBO Max, so we'll just watch it when it lands there. Mm-hmm. We did get a question in chat about whether or not Stargirl will be part of the Arrowverse, and yeah, so Ryan, you just answered this in the chat itself, but I'll say it for everyone listening. Technically, everything's in the Arrowverse, right? Because DC just has this multiverse going on and everything is in the same space-time continuum. Um, Now, the spirit of the question, will she show up with the Arrowverse characters? I'm going to go ahead and say at this point, yeah, she does, right? Uh, Will it be necessarily in her season two? Maybe not. They might wait another year. Maybe she shows up in somebody else's show in a crossover, which they've done many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she will absolutely meet these other characters at some point in the near future. Um, It's just a waste not to. As far as how often, will just depend on where the shooting takes place. The Arrowverse shows mainly shoot in Toronto. Uh, That was a big issue with Supergirl. They had to move production to Toronto to make that type of thing easier. I don't know where Stargirl currently shoots, but if it's not Toronto, it will be eventually. So there you go. Um, All right. So let's um, cover just a a couple more pieces of uh, DC news before we take our break. And these are specifically to the Snyder Cut. So we're learning more and more about what will or will not be in the Snyder Cut. First, it looks like Junkie XL will be returning for the Snyder Cut. Originally, Junkie XL was supposed to be the composer for Mm -hmm. um, Justice League. He did BVS, for example. Didn't Um, Whedon fire him? I don't know that Whedon made the call, but he was replaced with Danny Elfman. Um, I don't know. Which is not a terrible replacement. I mean, Danny Elfman is pretty great, but. 
Yeah, I think it's a tonal issue again, right? Like Danny Elfman really fits the tone of of Whedon, right? Brighter, a little bit campier, kind of silly. Um, whereas Junkie XL is a lot harder. It's more rock heavy. It's more intense, which fits the tone of BVS. Um, so he's returning. I'm happy about this because I think uh, other opinions aside on BVS, I think the score is awesome. I really like XL's work. And so I'm really excited to hear what he has to do for Justice League. Well, the Wonder Woman theme alone that he created is pretty epic and it just hangs in your head hours after you hear it. It's true. It's probably the most iconic theme in the DCEU. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then also, you know, some of the things I did like the score of Justice League. So, you know, using tones from the original Batman score and the original Superman scores, um, you know, things like that and taking inspiration from that was pretty great and Mm -hmm. hearing hearing those you know tones that we all know so well um you know you're right though it is a tonal issue and i think that if snyder wanted junkie xl say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that's who needs to be doing it. So I think they made the right choice. And it's Absolutely. not like Danny Elfman gets canceled out or unpaid or anything. Right. Like that, yeah. It know? doesn't. Yeah. He still made his money and did his thing. And yeah. He still has that score. It still exists. Exactly. His soundtrack's still out there. Mm-hmm. And that version of the movie will still be out there. You know, unfortunately that version's going to go away unless for some reason the Snyder cut is like beloved world around or something like that. I can't imagine they're just going to remove the original theatrical release of this film. Right. A couple other details that we know. So the original Steppenwolf design will be returning to the movie. Uh, They've already started VFX work on completing the film. And according to uh, reports, according to Snyder, this is going to be completely his vision of the film with no studio compromises, which is a pretty bold statement considering, you know, that he can't just bring all the actors back into the studio to shoot pickups or anything like that. I mean, he seems pretty happy. This is the, Snyder seems pretty jazzed. It's the happiest he's seemed on social media quite some time. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's good news. It's usually a studio won't give that much freedom, but I guess when you've already had a failed movie and uh, (laughs) you know, you're releasing straight to a streaming service, it's you know you can do things like that and that's something that we couldn't have done you know 15 years ago so it's an interesting change in our entertainment Mm -hmm. and there's also reports that we're going to get a new teaser of the cut of the film before dc's online event dc fan con i think is what it's fandom fandom thank you 
DC fandom. Uh, we're supposed to get this before that. So uh, that's a little surprising. You'd think they'd want to save some some big reveal stuff for that event, and maybe they will. Um, oh, they are. There, there's a lot of rumors circulating about somebody leaked leaked on Reddit the uh, <laughs> all the uh, announcements for the DC fandom. I was going to send it to you guys, but I don't buy it. it but if, right. if it's even half true, then it would blow everybody's mind. Yeah. So... Well, you so guys know if they're I releasing feel. this ahead of a time, ahead of the time, it signifies they probably have better uh, announcements to have have during the event. So, something to look forward to for sure. Mm. The uh, the last piece of news I want to touch on actually uh, broke today, where Warner Brothers is considering doing an animated uh, Amazon's series based off of Wonder Woman. Uh, so this would, of course, you know, take place in Themyscira. And it would be uh, animated, I assume, an HBO Max production, I imagine. I don't know mm-hmm. uh, where else it would go at this point. But what do you guys what do you guys think? Do you do you like that idea? Do you would you rather see it in live action? Any thoughts? No, I think it would be really cool in animation. I just as awesome as a Themyscira show would be, I think that a live action version would draw too many comparisons to Xena and not be able to stand on its own. Plus, at some point, like, you have to bring Wonder Woman into it, and I just don't know Gal is going to be able to do that. So an animation thing is, it's a way to separate, it's a way to continue the DCEU in a broader spectrum as well as just make it easier for a gal to make appearances. I just hope it's the same tone as Teen Titans Go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean, honestly, if they, if they take the same approach to this as they do for the Harlequin cartoon, it could be pretty spectacular. Um, The Harlequin cartoons not made for kids. It's made for an older audience and they can be a little edgier. They can be a little more intense. And I think that um, premium streaming services need that kind of content. I mean, look at Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol is, uh, I think, as adult as DC has gotten so far. <laughs> and um, if this last week's episode is not a good example, I don't know what is. So that's where I stand. I'm with you. All right. Well, is there any other news that you guys want to cover before we take our break? You didn't want to talk about the uh, reports about Whedon that have come out, about his treatment of actors on Justice League and all that stuff? Or the news about the boys, also a DC thing. Sure, sure. I just figured we were, you know, nearing a midway point here, but we can we can do that. Um, let's talk Whedon. So Ray Fish, Ray Fisher came out and retracted any support that he had for Joss Whedon in the original theatrical version of Justice League after Snyder's departure. Um, since then, things have gotten a little intense with the accusations being uh, pretty. Hardcore. Not, not a lot of specifics, but according to Fisher, there's an NDA involved that limits what he can and cannot talk about publicly while he's under contract with Warner Brothers, which he still is. What, what do you guys think about this? Are you surprised? Is there something you'd like to see done? I mean, I just want people to get off Whedon's jock. You know, he did some good stuff, but I think that he uh, he's always been not a great i don't know he's not been great towards women and it's funny because that was basically what 
his whole foundation was um buffy and dollhouse right i might be mistaken i'm not a big whedon fan but um you know there were reports that from multiple sources that gal gadot did not want to do uh the scene in justice league where flash falls onto her chest um and so they had to get her stunt double to do it and uh that's why you never see her face in that scene and then that they locked I couldn't it was kind of ambiguous the wording they either locked gal or her stunt woman in a room until she agreed to do it or something like that it was a very inappropriate uh way of trying to make something happen however it went down and you know we're all hearing this third party so it's always tough to judge without being there but the way it was worded definitely made it sound like it was pretty terrible. So I don't know how he could make that feel better. And it's not just him. It's Jeff Johns too. Um, And there's one other guy, I can't remember his name, but that just kind of knew the stuff was going on with Whedon and still let it happen. So, you know, Whedon may have been the direct face for it, but some of the other guys that are pretty big in the DC world, uh, knew about it and just let it go and they should help be held accountable as well. I agree. Honestly, there's only been a couple of women behind Whedon this whole time. And, you know, we just focus on Buffy and great female characters because Sarah Michelle Geller has kind of stood behind him this whole time. But you look at reports from other actors, Jewel State, Amy Acker, um, Gina Torres, and they don't always have the nicest things to say about him. Similar situations. They've, you know, Eliza Dushku pointed out how sexual he made Buffy and Faith in uh, the Buffy show. And Whedon was like, no, you're reading into it. You just want to be a lesbian. And, you know, years later, Whedon rewatched it and he was like, oh my God, I did. So Whedon should not be like the end all be all of any geeks like fandom. He's just, he's, he's a dude, he's made some mistakes and it doesn't seem like he's learning from them. He's just creating new mistakes. So I'm not saying like we need to cancel Whedon, but we definitely need to stop praising him. That's for damn sure. But would it really affect you if we did cancel Whedon? Probably not. Like honestly, aside from Justice League, he hasn't done much in the last few years. Like I'm not losing out. His content that he's already made is still there. I can still watch it. Well, and one of the other things that came out, um, and I'll touch on Jeff Johns in a second too, but Whedon was apparently also pretty insulting towards not just Snyder, but anybody who was doing work with Snyder's vision of the film to the crew that like did that work. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty so he messed was, up. Yeah. He was essentially insulting their work to their faces in a, um, in a leadership role, you know, as the director on set and, you know, <laughs> like Snyder, don't like Snyder. He was going through some pretty terrible personal stuff that I would hope nobody would ever have to go through. Um, maybe cut the guy some slack. You know, he got fired. You got the job. You're, you're Joss Whedon. If you still need to like knock down somebody else to make yourself feel better, that's a huge problem. Um, 
And to do that to the crew, people who worked insane hours on, you know, little pay because they're not the, the A-list stars, they're not the head director, um, put months and months of work into something that you didn't like doesn't mean you have to insult them to their faces while they're working for you. I don't, I don't want that to be missed. Like, yeah, he, he, the predatory stuff is very important, but this is also important. Um, insulting what, what people put time and effort into is, is not good. What about Chef John's Derek? Well, so the, the reports are, he just basically enabled it, uh, Whedon to just do whatever. And, uh, the reports don't, you know, specifically say that, that John's did anything himself other than just like not put a stop to anything. Um, and you know, it's just, uh, it's disappointing because John's is one of the things that he's known for is essentially saving the Green Lantern franchise from cancellation. Green Lantern was not doing particularly well. It had gotten kind of stale and he revived it. He created what we now know as the emotional spectrum um, and some of the greatest storylines in modern Green Lantern times is from him. Um, to know that like his great comic book works are centered around an entire character whose main power is the power of will for him to not have the willpower to do the right thing to a studio that he essentially runs is really discouraging. I, I'm going to be honest. I kind of expected you to stand up. I thought you were leading into standing up for him and saying that, well, he didn't do anything. So, you know, but yeah, you, I'm glad you, I know green lantern means a lot to you and everything I heard about Jeff Johns and then I knew about Jeff Johns came from you and Rachel so, I mean, as far as I was concerned, he seemed like an awesome dude for DC. But, you know, I, I know it must be heartbreaking for you to to hear all this with somebody that was probably somewhat close to a hero for you, saved the character that uh, that's now your, probably your favorite character. And, you know, so. I'm going to say, like, one thing about Jeff Johns, and it may be slightly related unrelated i'm not quite sure but yes he has worked on quite a few comics but he really is uh he got his push because blackest night in like 2008 2009 i, I think that's about the time outsold every other comic everybody wanted it everybody bought the offshoots and it was a huge event like before that, I know some of my nerd friends were a little ashamed to admit that they liked Green Lantern. And afterwards, like, it, it made everybody a Green Lantern fan, which is huge. But he ended up getting promoted, and he oversaw TV shows all of a sudden and uh, movies. And, like, I'm not – I just feel like that's a little bit white guy failing upward kind of thing to a certain degree because like Gail Simone has made a ton of comics popular for DC and you know she's still writing for DC they don't have her behind the scenes or anything so there's just a lot of people who aren't as famous but have made DC just as much money that could easily have Jeff Johns's job probably should in all likelihood after all this yeah absolutely absolutely other people should have his job yeah it's it's definitely disappointing and like look if you're on the same level with somebody 
or you're below somebody and you choose not to act over fear of retaliation because you have a family to feed and, and a family to support, I, I am, I'm willing to give you some slack on that and make some excuses for you because it's a shitty world and sometimes you have to do what's best for your family. But this guy is more or less in charge, right? He's at the top branches of DC Entertainment with a couple of other people. Um, there aren't too many people who can really speak up to him or get him. Isn't he the out. chief creative officer or something like that? Like yeah. he's, he's high. Yeah, he is. And so if anybody's in a position to go to a director and tell them to stop doing something, it's him. It's, it's John's. Uh, maybe he had just given up because the movie was such a train wreck and he didn't care anymore and he just wanted it done and out the door. But that's not an excuse to let people uh, be treated in an inappropriate way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the only it's the only explanation I can think of that makes any sense. So, so yeah, that's that's the positive news note <laughs> to move that we're on to now. Ray, do you want to talk about the boys? No, Ryan should. Oh, okay. Sure, we'll keep it brief. But uh, yeah. Amazon, uh, I think, announced today that they're going to be releasing a Billy Butcher short film thing. Probably like Long forty-five six? minutes, or is, is that what this is that what it said? I didn't notice. The uh, time, short but... films usually run in between forty-five minutes and an hour and a half now. Like okay. hour and a half movies are considered short at this point. Well, we're gonna get a Billy Butcher something, some sort of media. <laughs> um, alongside uh, yeah, The Boys Season 2. It's unclear as to whether whatever they're releasing takes place before or after or what's going on, so I'm a little nervous that I'm going to watch it in the wrong order, so hopefully somebody comes out and says, you know, which direction to watch it in, but um, yeah, it's all centered around Carl Urban's character. If you haven't watched The Boys, you really should. I think it's Mm -hmm. very true to the comics and uh, enjoyable if you like the darker more adults cool 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 all right well then we will take a short break and when we come back we will discuss the dceu the good with the bad say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we are back. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to be talking about the DCEU, the good with the bad. Before we open that up, I just want to be clear on what the DCEU is for anybody who may not be clear. Uh, that consists of the following eight films. Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Aquaman, Shazam, and 
Harlequin and the Birds of Prey or Birds of Prey and the, and the Emancipation of Harlequin, whatever the title is of that film now. <laughs> it does not include Joker. Uh, I think that's an important thing to note. And uh, it, of course, will include future films. The Suicide Squad that James Gunn is doing, Wonder Woman 1984, um, Aquaman 2, the Trench film, Shazam 2, Black Adam, all of those films would be part of the DCEU uh, when, when those release. Um, I guess the only two that we really know for sure are Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984 and The Suicide Squad. Um, I still don't even really know if the Batman the Robert Pattinson Batman is technically DCEU or not. We might have to wait for Flashpoint <laughs> to find that out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so how do you want to kick things off? Should we start chronologically? Do you want to start with good or bad stuff? Do you want to just take a general feel? So uh, the DCEU is fairly complicated because when it first started out, you know, they they were doing their best to build a cinematic universe on top of Nolan's shoulders, even though Nolan didn't really want to be a part of it anymore. He d wasn't creating a large franchise. He was just trying to make some Batman films. And he didn't even intend to make three at first. You know, that wasn't in the cards. So, uh, and the first half of the DCEU is either underwhelming or um, mediocre or a slow or just plain bad. So I think like the latter half has been absolutely stellar and made up for that. Ryan, what are your thoughts? Rachel knows I'm going to disagree with part of that at least. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know you really enjoy Man of Steel. I do really enjoy Man of Steel and I will defend it. <laughs> Uh, for I mean, it wasn't perfect, right? I mean, I'm not going to be stupid about it, but um, I do think that Man of Steel was very good, uh, especially considering it was a Zack Snyder film, and those aren't always great. Mm -hmm. It's a very mixed bag. Um, and it, I think it was better than BVS. I think it was better than uh, Justice League. I mean, of the first half of the DCEU, other than Wonder Woman, I guess. But, I mean, Man of Steel is up there with Wonder Woman for me. It's I like it a lot. Um but yeah, I mean, for the most part, I will say for this ep for this episode, we did uh, my girlfriend and I did rewatch um, Suicide Squad because she hadn't seen it, and uh, BVS Ultimate Cut um, because she hadn't seen that. She also hadn't seen Man of Steel, but it's not available on any streaming platform for whatever reason. So, right. um, yeah, but I will say that while we're discussing like these early films, um, watching the Ultimate Cut again, it did remind me how much better of a movie it was than the theatrical cut. I can definitely understand why they didn't release this. Um, Zack Snyder, I love him and I love a lot of his work, but he's so, there's so much going on and so much story to tell. He's just not good at condensing things and making them, uh, easily manageable if they had released this film in theaters they would have had to have an intermission because there was just so much happening and it was somewhat hard to keep track of but overall it did a much better job at explaining you know lex luther's motivation you got more wonder woman um you know a lot of these things that that we complained about in the theatrical cut you got a lot more explanation for 
in the, the ultimate cut. And so I, if you're a fan of the DCEU um, and you were underwhelmed with BBE, BBS and you haven't seen the ultimate cut, you definitely should because it adds like 30 or 40 minutes and it's all stuff that really makes it a better movie if you can sit through it. Well, and one thing I, I want to point out, because you're making the ultimate cut sound like it's extremely long. It's only one minute longer than Endgame. Yeah. It felt much longer than Endgame. It is a slower film because that's just Snyder style. No doubt. Pacing wise, it's totally different. But like, as far as like requiring an intermission or anything like that, I mean, it still doesn't reach extended cuts of Lord of the Rings levels. You know, it's, it's basically Endgame as far as length is concerned. Um, but part of the part of the issue, you know, part of the issue there, of course, is don't bring Snyder in with a plan and then change that plan midway through because it's just not going to be successful, right? Uh, when they when they when Man of Steel went out and it, it did what it did and it was pretty successful, they gave him a five movie arc to work with. They said, "Here's five movies. Go make your stuff," and then they started whittling away what those films were. Uh, they combined mm-hmm. Justice League into one movie, for example, and mixed another one completely. And so you end up only getting three films instead of five. Well, he has a story to tell, and he's <laughs> damn it, he's not going to try and do it anyway. Um, but there's definitely, the DCEU is a complicated thing, for for sure. I'm curious, Ryan, so you we, we rewatched some stuff as well, Ryan and I. We rewatched Birds of Prey, Shazam, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, uh, which, you know, are arguably the four stronger films of the eight, uh, with the exception of Man of Steel. Um, how did you feel about rewatching Suicide Squad? Because we did that like maybe six months ago. How did I feel rewatching it? Um, I mean, it wouldn't have been my choice to rewatch personally, but, um, you know, it, it was still not good. There was good moments in it. You know, I really like the moment with Deadshot and Batman and his daughter. Um, that was good. Um, you know, the Harley stuff. She's like a totally different character in Birds of Prey. Uh, and you guys know if you watch the show that I'm not a or listen to the show, I'm not a Harley fan in general. But that I found the Birds of Prey Harley to be much more tolerable uh, and, and borderline enjoyable for me at many points. Uh, <laughs> Than, than her version in Suicide Squad, which I just found to be grating every time she talked. Um, and Leto's Joker. I mean, if there was one thing that I would say I'm not looking forward to if we get the air cut, it's more Leto's Joker because he was similar to Harley. I just found him grating and annoying in general. And also the scene with the knives, like did he, did he spend like six hours arranging <laughs> knives and like baby clothes in a circle before he laid down in the middle just because like, this is how crazy the Joker is. He has all his free time. I don't know. There's a lot of stupid decisions in that movie. The makeup holds up though, that it won an Oscar for, I'll say that was great. There. uh, So earlier, just to clarify, I I want to specifically like break down what I was calling underwhelming. Um, I didn't ever think that Man of Steel was bad. I thought it ended on a very dark note to start your whole franchise on. and um, But I loved Henry Cavill. 
I still do. He is my ideal Superman, you know, just in every aspect. He's so good. Ever. I tell you what, that court so scene good. in BVS, it's still one of my favorite scenes in the mm-hmm. entire DCEU. Watching him walk down the halls and then come up the middle of that courtroom, his suit and him, just his physicality in the suit is is the epitome of Superman for me. There's nothing that I could ever see topping that. And in BVS, I thought his character was a lot more well-rounded. They gave him more stuff to do, and he was a bit cheerier. And um, and dealing with some fucked up mm-hmm. stuff, like the Absolutely. whole world hates him. And he's, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, so um, I do know that the box office and critic reviews was pretty underwhelming for man of steel. They expected things to be a lot higher based on the last uh, dark Knight, but it was probably because of how bad dark Knight rises was that man of steel didn't do as well. The uh, BVS, the final edit is very convoluted. I think some parts, especially the theatrical cut. You mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, Lex Luthor, was miscast. Jesse Eisenberg is not a bad actor, but that role was just not made for him. And the way he played it was weird and not in a, hey, this works. This, this reminded me, yeah, rewatching that reminded me how much, how little I liked his character. Yeah. I don't know that I agree that he's the problem with it though, because I think, I think he is a good enough actor where he could. Well, she said he's a good actor. She didn't, I mean, no, no, no. I, I know. What I mean is, I don't think the casting is the problem. I think it's the way the character was written that's the problem. Because you know, it's not really Lex. It's his son, and he's not like this super, this hyper intelligent, like business, you know, entrepreneur guy. He's like this weaselly little creepy kid. Like if he's that beyond all, that. He's like he has some sort of issue. Yeah, um, well, so, but that's how it was written, right? So like, I'm not sure that that the blame is on. Eisenberg. I think the like, blame it, is on the character. Okay, so there's a decent amount of affectations he adapted as an actor that just didn't work for me. Uh, specifically, I know this is a really, you know, low-hanging grapes thing, but the Jolly Rancher oh, scene, and like he puts his finger in the dude's mouth. Like that is all actor's choice. I I bet you anything it just says Lex has Jolly Ranchers and offers to a weird glasses guy. <laughs> So yeah, I like I said, I watched this with my girlfriend. Weird. It was her first time watching this. And mm-hmm. so when we got to that scene, I was kind of watching to see how she reacted to it. And the look on her face was like super uncomfortable. Why is this happening? And Alexa's supposed and to make you feel uncomfortable, but not like that. You're yeah, supposed it's the wrong to feel kind. scared in his presence. Like at any moment, he could have you killed. Truth be told, Matthew Good, who played Ozymandias and Watchmen, would have, like, that character, that version, should have been Lex Luthor. Like, yes. Ozymandias was supposed to be a joyous, happy guy. You're supposed to think throughout the entire movie he's the good guy. And as soon as Matthew Good walks on set, you're like, oh, that fucker's That's the up bad to guy. no good. Yeah, it did yeah. not work like it did in the graphic novel. <laughs> but, you know, if he had stepped out and been Lex Luthor, that would have been something. Giancarlo Esposito, who plays him on Harley Quinn, perfect, perfect casting. Could have been Lex Luthor there. 
I, I still think Michael Rosenbaum is probably the best Lex Luthor for me. I oh, think he's so he good. It. Yeah. Live action. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I've never really been happy with any of the movie uh, Lex Luthers, to be completely honest. But it, I think BVS suffers from having too much stuff in the pot. I think it tried to be a ton of different things and that there's a lot of issues with that. Snyder is not blameless. Of course, you know, he did write and direct it, but of course everything's going to suffer with studio involvement and constant rewrites and just everybody having their own opinion. And he gets a lot more screen time in the ultimate cut too, which is, I mean, he needed that to be fleshed out more because it didn't work in the theatrical cut. You didn't really know, like, it didn't seem like he was really doing anything. And then at the end, he's like, I did everything. And that's it. (laughs) Um, In the ultimate cut, you get a lot more of that. But on the downside, it's Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. So you kind of have to deal with this weird, like, kid that is doing some sort of shtick that you can't really figure out the whole time. Um, But it did advance the overall plot better than it did in the theatrical cut. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's just that small downside of having to see the actor more. Um, as a small note, if anyone wants to watch the ultimate cut because they have it, that is available now on HBO Max. They've added that version of the film, so you can do that. Um, so the next movie up then was Wonder Woman, which, at least from my perspective, seemed to be like a ray of hope that this franchise was going to move in the right direction. Yeah, right up until the end. Well. So let, we, we'll, let's talk about that because we just rewatched it. It was not as bad actually as I remembered it. And I think there's really just a very simple problem with the end of the movie. David and, Thewlis. Yeah, the mustache guy is Ares. Well, I don't, the pro- I don't have a problem with him being Ares in disguise. But once he reveals himself and they're about to fight, he needs to physically change very quickly. And that does not happen. And that's the problem. I yes. think he's a great undercover, covert, evil Ares. I like that. I think that works um, because I don't think you suspect it, but he never changes. And that is not really believable. That doesn't really work for me. Yeah. You're um, telling me that the God, literal God of war looks like that guy. That's a tough sell. And every statue of every God looks like they were just the most attractive person ever. And nothing against David Thewlis. I'm sure he's very well loved, but, you know, it's the DCEU. We've seen these gorgeous people in these roles. (laughs) Henry Cavill is like perfection of man. And Gal Gadot is literally the most beautiful woman ever. Ever. So, you know, you got to have somebody that can stand up to that as well. Yeah, it's a tough sell for sure. I mean, he's not a Greek god. No. <laughs> t- he yeah. is a werewolf Hogwarts professor. You yeah. will not convince me otherwise. At, that's at best. I mean. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, though, that's really my only problem standing with the movie. There's, there's some bad Dr. Things. Poison. Or whatever her name was. I don't really have a problem with her. Okay. I did not find her to be a compelling villain at all. No. No, no, She's like a side character. She's like a a mustache twirling villain without a mustache. And, you know, like, the oh, look at my half mask. I'm so evil. You know, and then you don't, (laughs) like, 
okay. My thing is with her, you don't get any background as to why she wants to destroy people so yeah, much. There's like, no motivation, right? What's the motivation? Because she fucked up half her face? I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and that's the problem there, too, is you assume that it was an accident in the lab or something, that she did it to herself. And it would be much more interesting if you find out that it was, like, purposely done to her by her parents or something and she grew up wanting revenge or like she just could have been much more fleshed out as an offshoot i don't really think about her honestly like the best parts about wonder woman are wonder woman and steve trevor yeah well, we're discussing the the bad stuff so yeah we uh, always Dr. discuss Poison the bad stuff i wanted to talk a little bit about the good stuff okay well the good's just gonna say about about dr poison i think here we go no no no, no. Well, i think the, the i think one of the issues here is they decided to do this in world war one instead of world war two if you do it world war two and she's a nazi nobody asks any questions you can be that type of villain as a nazi and it's just fine but because it's pre-nazi then there has to be more motivation to it. And I think that's the risk they took making it World War One. So something good for me about the movie, no? I mentioned I mentioned the courthouse scene in the BBS as one of my favorite DCEU moments. Um, one we got in this movie too that gave me literal chills seeing it in the theater was when she's crossing uh, No Man's Land. Oh God, I still tear up when I see that scene. I don't know why it's so emotional for me. But it's amazing. It is. Just as soon as she starts walking up those uh, the ladder stairs, whatever it was, and taking off like the fur coat and full Wonder Woman warrior mode, crossing this this you know to this next trench, uh, holding bullets back, leading the charge. Uh, yeah, very emotionally charged and just visually stunning. If I didn't know that it was Patty Jenkins, I would have guessed it was Zack Snyder because it looked like a comic book panel. That's something he's really good at. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous scene. To think that that was filmed in post and she was five months pregnant doing all that, it, it wasn't included in the original uh script is like insane because that is the best scene in the whole movie in my opinion yeah i think i would have enjoyed the movie much less it wouldn't be nearly as high on my list if it didn't have that moment because that moment really pulled everything together uh it kind of like was the linchpin for the movie and it's really where you get, i think it's like the first time you really get to see wonder woman doing her wonder woman thing and being a badass I mean, you get to see some of it on Thermoscura, and it's been a minute since I've seen the movie, so maybe I'm wrong on that. But that was like the first time you really get to see her showing her powers to the world. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, in any real combat, yeah, because on Thermoscura, when she's fighting, it's all training. Yeah. Right, because when the Germans show up to get you know, and fight on the beach, she doesn't do a whole lot in that scene. Uh, I think she's like kind of taken taken off guard, but it's all sparring. Other than that. So this is huge because after she crosses no man's land, then they have the fight in the village, which mm -hmm. shows off her speed and all of those different, those slow motion fight scenes and stuff where she slides across the floor and everything. I think it's just all shot really well. And the score just really helps solidify all of that. Um, definitely my favorite chunk of sequences in the movie is, is through the end of that fight. Agreed. Um, the entire no. middle act of Wonder Woman is so strong. Mm-hmm. It's just wonderful. It is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I do like all of the sparring stuff that happens on Themyscira because like, these women all, are all just absolutely incredible and it's really cool watching. 
Some of those women are in their like 50s and 60s and they still pulled off like more than half of their own stunts. So I definitely don't want to take anything away from Themyscira. It's amazing. And I, I like the costumes. Like I know people like to cosplay Wonder Woman and that and that's great, but her costume before she gets the actual Wonder Woman costume, I think looks really cool too. I think it yeah. looks great. And um, I'd like to see more people try try to do that. A lot of the Amazon's outfits looked really great. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and Robin Wright is just just so cool. She is just so awesome um, during her time in the movie. So, you know. I guess we should have had like a spoiler warning for all of this stuff. I don't know if that was implied. Oops. Okay. <laughs> in all fairness, we have covered the majority of these movies already in yeah. episodes. That's Man true. of Steel has been the only one that released before we started the podcast. True. Um, so then, so next up we have Justice League. Um, I don't really have a lot of positive things to say about Justice League. Um, no. Like at all, I can't. No. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend too much time on Justice League. I think that most of most everything has been talked about to death, either by us or other people. And uh, you know, it's not a good movie. There weren't really any scenes that made me go, "Wow!" You know, like Wonder Woman and BVS. I've mentioned both had scenes like that. This movie had zero. Um, but it is what it is. There's a lot of drama surrounding it. So, I mean, if there's stuff you guys want to talk about, that's fine. But I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on it. Uh, what was your least favorite parts? Oh, Jesus. Um, so for me, my least favorite parts were that Russian family that they had to randomly keep saving uh, while the world was ending and they were fighting Steppenwolf. It just, that is like, such a stupid Whedon move. He always puts like a random extra as important, like high on a pedestal, and you have to... <sighs> like them for some reason or else you won't get the gravity of the situation and it's just not true i mean i'd say for me there's so much bad i mean from the cavill mustache removal and everything else um but it, it, if we're talking like scene i think probably similar to derek's like the flash and superman like racing to save this family um and then like superman like flash is doing his flash thing and then superman just like flies by and like waves at him uh while carrying a house on his hand or whatever i thought that was so stupid and i really hated it what about you ray um probably the complete difference in batman's character from bvs to justice league and we're supposed to believe that like it's because he feels really bad superman's dead but he didn't really know him all that much and all of a sudden he goes from this like hulking dark brooding badass to this whiny simp of a man and it just seems so out of character for any batman like batman has dark times absolutely and he is more often than not a sad depressed man but (laughs) he's just he's never pitiful Right, and I just felt like it was played so poorly. So, so I don't think chat, it's Affleck's fault either. No, I don't. Think that he did. He did, that he I will say. Stuff. Yeah, I will flat out say. Yeah. Uh, in our chat, uh, 
so somebody said that uh say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No the slow side eye from Soups in the fight where he's single handedly beating the whole league was a fun moment. He's asked why I don't like that moment, so I'm just going to throw this out there because I don't want to type it out. Um, I don't like that moment. If you didn't watch our review, I don't like that moment because basically at that moment, Superman becomes more powerful than literally anybody in the league. Uh, he's literally holding like three of them back with one hand. And that's showing how much stronger he is than everybody else. But then not only that, they also show that he's as fast or faster than the flash because he's able to watch the flash run. And you know, if he was just stronger than everybody else, then that's fine. It's Superman, right? He's super strong. That's one of his gimmicks. But being super fast, faster than a character that's only really known for his speed, that's his whole thing, is put, just push that over the edge for me as far as, like, why, why even have the rest of the Justice League? Because Superman yep. literally does everything better than everybody. Yep. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Flash, Flash is supposed to be faster than Superman. You know who else is faster than Superman? Supergirl is faster than Superman. So he's not even top two. You know who's um, even supposed to be a better fighter than Superman? Wonder Woman, right? Like all these things that they just made Superman better than every everybody's thing. He's probably better at hacking than Cyborg. I don't know. It's just like, it, I wouldn't have surprised me if they had thrown something yeah. like that in there because there's no point to any of the rest of the league. Yep. Yes. No, I'm with you. Uh, and I, I try and come up with things I like about it. And like the only thing I can think of is like I like that these characters got to share a screen together, but like is that even enough for this movie to exist? You know, um, so that's why I'm looking forward to the Snyder cut because I can't imagine it's worse. It's got to be an improvement. Yeah, that's I my mean, perspective. I hope. I will say if I had to find something I liked, I liked the flashback scene uh, to where they're showing the mother boxes and stuff. I thought mm -hmm. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, so then we have Aquaman. Aquaman uh, is a very different kind of movie, really, for for the DCEU. It feels a lot more Marvel than the other DCEU films. It's very bright. It's, um, in, in fact, everything that takes place near Atlantis is, like, straight from Tron, including the music, and I love that. Uh, what do you guys think about Aquaman? Where, where does it land for you guys? Good, bad, in between? No. I think Aquaman's a good film. I don't think it is like anything super stellar, but it continued the upward trend of good films from DCEU. So I I enjoyed a lot of it. I loved 
Jason Momoa. He's just a different Aquaman than anything I grew up with. And Aquaman being one of my favorite superheroes, that's so much fun. I love when characters get reinvented. And it, like we just watched it on Sunday. Derek watched more of it than me. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I think it it holds up and they were able to do the thing with multiple villains and it didn't get overstuffed. I think the only weak part is Amber Heard's Mira. I think she's super for- forgettable. I wish she was super forgettable because that's now a downside of the movie for maybe just based on her behavior outside of the film, mm-hmm. you know, they may be forced to replace her, um, depending on how things go. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the, the movie is quite beautiful. I think Atlantis is gorgeous. I think a lot of the special effects, I mean, this movie is incredibly special effects heavy. So much of this is VFX, especially compared to the other films, that I think they do a, a really good job more often than not with that. Um, I, I wonder, do you, guys, do you guys think at any point he'll lose his hand? I mean, that was a really cool arc in the comic books, so I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think it could just be a huge badass thing to do. And if an elderly Walking Dead actor can go a season and a half with, you know, his foot taped up in green screen tape, I think Momoa could do it. But between the creating the hand out of water and then the giant fish hook, like, it was a cool thing in the comics. They they could totally do it, and it would be awesome. They could also skip it, and I think I'd be fine, but missed opportunity. That's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, I, I guess for me, um, what is kind of interesting is the suit that he ends up with because I didn't think that there was any way to make that look cool. But I think they did. I mean, the gold-plated suit and everything, I think, looks awesome. Yeah. And he rocks it. Like, there's no way anybody could have predicted that he would have looked amazing in (laughs) that classic suit, but he did. And honestly, I think the whole thing is a giant, fun F you to the terrible reputation Aquaman got from uh, Super Friends. I, I agree, and I think that's why they took Aquaman in like such a different direction um, was to make as much separation there as possible, and then throw this in as like, look, we can still do it and make it yeah, at least be cool looking. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that. Uh, in chat, uh, Chris said that he liked that they didn't kill off any of the villains, and yeah, that's a good point. One of the problems with a lot of superhero movies is that they just kill off all of these villains and you can never bring them back no matter how good they were unless you have to do some convoluted stuff like Loki. Um, so yeah, I'm really glad that they're, they're alive and they, I mean, I assume will come back if the series gets to continue. Yeah, Aquaman for me is fine. Like people liked it a lot more than I did. I didn't have, I liked it better than like BVS. Um, and Justice League, obviously, but it was not nearly as high on my list. I don't know. It just felt like very generic in a lot of ways. Um, like you said, more Marvel-y, but I feel like the DC EU shouldn't feel like Marvel. Wonder Woman didn't feel like a Marvel movie. Um, so I don't know. It was fine. It, I, I, it's not at the bottom of my list, but it's probably closer to the middle than the top. 
Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, for me, I think it sits at number four. I think of eight, maybe five. Depending yeah, it's on the probably day. in that in that vicinity for me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so then we move on to Shazam, which maybe I'm just really biased for because it takes place in Philly and I love Zachary Levi so, so much, but I really love this movie and I love pretty much everything about this movie. What about you guys? Yeah. That movie is so enjoyable from start to finish. It, uh, part of me, like I said this while we were rewatching, the only thing I wish is that they would have leaned really heavy into like rated R villains, but still had like a PG hero because that is the world of Billy Batson. Um, so that that's literally my only criticism. The soundtrack is fantastic. Levi is great. Mark Strong is wonderful. It's Asher Angel is really good. Like it's just so so great. Yeah, all the kid actors are. I I have a problem with kid actors in general. If you watch this show, you know that. But I thought <laughs> I thought they were all great. Um, I didn't have any issue with any of them. And then when spoiler alert, the end happens, and there's oh. adult versions of all of them. Um, those guys are all great, and gals are all great too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like for me that movie is probably hmm, it's close to the top because it, it, depending on the day of the week, it's probably at the top or, in, you know, it switches with a couple other movies occasionally, but I mean, it's, it's very good. It's very positive. Uh, the message is good. Um, you know, the colors are good. Uh, like Rachel said, the soundtrack is good. The location is good. It's just a lot of positive in the movie. If I had to like nitpick at something, it would be the Superman cameo because the suit looked like a Ruby's costume and it clearly wasn't Henry Cavill. Um, it was a fun idea that I wish they had just gotten Henry Cavill for because that would have made it much better. But um, yeah, that, that even that's like being, that's a stretch because Zachary mm-hmm. Levi is just a joy to watch. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm with you on that. I, I, I think it's so odd that they couldn't get Cavill to come on set for 10 minutes to, to do that. It's, it's such a weird situation because um, they wrote themselves into that corner. and They didn't mean to do it if Cavill wasn't available. You still had Shazam show up for the lunch and the kid gets, gets his day and everything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the casting across the board, though, in this movie is wonderful. Uh, even the foster parents are just great. Uh, I think it's just perfect everywhere um the only thing that maybe i would add is i I would have liked to see a little more differentiation on the sins themselves uh there's a few moments where they get a little blobby moving around and i I think having them a little more clear cut would have been good or maybe even having some practical components for close-up shots instead of it all being cgi would have would have been good but it was a tighter budget than some of the the bigger films um and like aquaman the villain is kept alive. And so they can always bring back Mark Strong as everyone should always do. So, <laughs> For sure. Any other thoughts on Shazam? We talked through that one kind of quick. Well, I mean, there's just not there's much no bad. to critique. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all just the good. It's the good, you know, with the bad on the DCEU. It's the good side, so. I will say I'm impressed that, like, when they had the whole sh- shazam together in, in costume, like, they all looked so great. They did. It's a cool ass scene when you see them all together uh, for the first time. Yeah. 
Yeah, that scene always gets me. It's just so good. Um, all right, well, then that brings us to the final film that's out, which is uh, Birds of Prey, Harlequin and the Birds of Prey, whatever title it's officially under nowadays. Um, and, I mean, personally, I, I think this movie is pretty fantastic, too. I like pretty much everything in this one as well for different reasons. It's obviously more adult. It's not as fun of a film, but the action sequences are really good. The soundtrack is really good. Um, and I think, you know, seeing Gotham in daylight is really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, we reviewed this back in February. It was our last movie review. So I, I don't have too much more to add it. The second viewing, there was a lot of fun, uh, Easter eggs in the background that I got to notice. It was also, uh, some really cool, um, deeper little symbolism to things. And I love that. Just it doesn't have to be in your face. It's just little things here and there. So love that. Uh, giant fan. I, I want to see where these characters go. If that's in another movie, great. If that's in two separate movies, cool. Both are great. Yeah, I, I didn't, Sorry. I didn't, I didn't rewatch it like you guys did. Although I, I do want to. Um, I think I, I stand by the action sequences in this movie being some oh of the best God, in the DC. So the, uh, I mean, some of it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it is very well choreographed. Um, the scene in the police station with mm-hmm. harley quinn uh comes into mind um that whole sequence as someone who considers himself an, a choreography and action scene enthusiast i do i did greatly enjoy that and then the scene at the end with all the birds and everybody fighting um in the fun house um was also really great so that's i you know movies like john wick uh same choreographers but, uh, you know, those kind of movies, even if there's not a lot of substance to the movie, if it's the action is really good, then I'll give it a lot of a pass on being not as much substance to the story. And I think this movie was a lot of that. But I'm okay with that. I, like I said, I hope that the DCEU goes forward with the same choreographers for any of the movies that require people to be good martial artists and good fighters because it was yep. exceptional. Yeah. No, I'm with you there for sure. Um, to, to Ray's point, I would actually like to see the Birds of Prey do their own thing um, and then have Harley have her own thing, either with the Suicide Squad or whatever, uh, because I just think that Harley is the type of character that just kind of steals the spotlight, and I think that the Birds of Prey have a, a good opportunity to be their own thing. Yeah, this Black Canary was great. I loved mm-hmm. her very much. I, really, Huntress was great, too. I, I liked all of the Birds of Prey in this movie, and I think, yeah, if anything... Yeah, I, I I don't want to say Harley was a detriment to this movie because she really wasn't. But um, yeah, I would love to see them split off and have Harley Quinn be the introduction for maybe the antiheroes of the of the DCEU. You know, have her team up with a different group next time, and you know, th- them she could just keep branching off and starting all these different vigilante groups in uh, in Gotham and surrounding cities. Absolutely good with that. Um, Harley, we've seen her character truly improve over the last couple of years with uh, Birds of Prey and then, of course, the Harley Quinn cartoon. And she just, now that women know how to play her as something different than what Arlene Sorkin did, 
she goes well with so many different groups that if she sticks around with just one thing, like she's not a team player. She is, she's bouncing from click to click and she goes where she needs to go kind of thing or where she wants to go. She doesn't stick with people because of any loyalty. So I think it totally makes sense for her to be in a couple different movies uh, with a few different people and, um, you know, kind of like Ryan said, start off other vigilante films. Agreed. Um, the one criticism that I, that I really have of the movie and someone brought this up in chat is the Cassandra Kane character because she could does, she could just be somebody else. Um, the character itself is fine, but it just doesn't need to be Cassandra Kane. It does feel like a waste of an existing character that, you know, should be pretty different. Yeah, we could talk about a lot about that on our review of the movie. Did we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little concerned about the future of Harley Quinn because I know that she shows up in the next Suicide Squad movie. Um, I'm I hope that James Gunn is smart enough to not revert the character development that she's got back to a more original Suicide Squad Harley Quinn instead of Birds of Prey Harley Quinn. Yeah, um, that would really bother me. But you know, we'll see. Yeah, we. We will indeed. I hope um, if theaters ever open up again. <laughs> well, that would I mean, be nice. <laughs> if they're closed too long, maybe they'll start releasing these big ones to HBO Max. But then I can't watch them with you guys. No, that's true. Yeah, it is sad when that happens. It's a huge bummer. We could um, do a Zoom party and just press play at the same time. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that's what see, oh, see. There's Netflix party now. Like we need HBO Max parties. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, so we kind of burned through these eight movies pretty quick. You know, it's a lot of ground to cover. Is there anything else you guys think is important to to note before we wrap things up? The DCEU is a freaking mess, and mm-hmm. they need to, like, get one person, like, they're Kevin Feige in creative control of everything. And Yeah, he may not be perfect, but he also think, keeps things consistent. Things are more cohesive in the Marvel side, even with, you know, twice, more than twice the amount of movies. Um, So they just really need one voice that nobody's going to be like, no, you can't do that. He's the final word. That's it. That's what they need. And I don't think they had that. I think they wanted Jeff Johns to be that, but uh, that's not really working out for them. I, I think they're finding their way. You know, if you look at the movies chronologically, you know, there's, there's three, you know, bad to mediocre films, right? And then five that are, you know, good to better. Um, and the last three have been good. I, I think really it's, it, was, it took them some time to, right, but to it figure is, things out. That's not the problem, though. The problem is tying them in together. Yeah. I, I, sorry, our dog is barking all of a sudden. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that the, that's certainly something they're not good at. I don't know that they need to be that good at it all the time. I think that having the last three basically be like these standalone films is probably the best thing the DCEU could have done at this point. And I think having Wonder Woman and be her own thing in 84 is also a good decision to kind of get these characters solidified. So people want to see them on the big screen. I think one of the issues with justice league is that nobody really cared about that version of flash Aquaman or cyborg because we hadn't seen them yet. You know, and now at least people know who Aquaman is. They know who Shazam is, and they have reasons to want to go see them again. And it's a bigger deal when they all team up. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's true. 
the pro the huge problem with uh the dceu is they tried to blow their load so soon they didn't have a decent build-up now i'm not saying you have to follow marvel's plan where you need like eight films before these people can cross over but you got to make us care about characters or it's not exciting yeah give us some foreplay with warner brothers we can't mm-hmm. you can't just dive right in right you got to like, you got to like warm up the oven a little bit, you know, give it a little rub, a little, a little, a little lick, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, and wow. yeah, you just, I mean, I'm like, being very visual, but that's, it's true. You've got to lead up to these things. A few, a few years ago, I thought it could be done because mo- these characters are iconic. The lineup they're using is a pretty general lineup of Justice League members. And I, I thought they could do a Justice League movie without having to introduce everybody on their own. And I don't know if just that concept is wrong or just Warner Brothers wasn't the group to do it, but it clearly didn't work. No, I think it's because it all matters who plays them. Ezra Miller's Flash is not Grant Gustin's. It's not um, Nolan North or whatever. It's not any of the animated versions. It's not John Wesley's ship. So you have to care about the actor who's doing it too. That's important. For sure. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so of course we have Wonder Woman 1984 that's slated to release this year. It's release dates moved around a couple of times because of the pandemic. And then the Suicide Squad and the Batman are both uh, deep into production as well. So we should be seeing them probably next year, depending on when production can resume um, and theaters open back up. The Batman production has already resumed. Did they so. already resume? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. So then maybe we'll get uh, you know two movies next year. I guess we'll have to kind of we'll see, see what happens. Um, and then that that Black Adam movie, right? That's mm-hmm. going to happen. That's happening. You know, right sure. the time we get Flashpoint. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, then that's going to be it for us this week, everybody. Thank you, of course, for tuning in. Uh, do we know what we're covering next week? Yes, we are. Suburban Commando, isn't it? Or we I are watching. We are reviewing uh, Dick Tracy for its 30th anniversary. Oh, I thought we got rid of that one for Suburban Commando. I... Oh, I'm so excited. We, we also got rid of Ray the Host. Be... For we, we should probably just watch both, else. just so that, just in case. Look, Ray. <sighs> We'll, we'll, we'll find a spot for Suburban Commando, okay? Oh, yes. Will Ray be involved? Because I need her to be involved. That's, that I that's can't like, promise. no, <laughs> I need that. I need it in my life. <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. Mm, uh, okay. <laughs> Ray's frozen, I think. I think her screen is frozen. I don't... Nope, oh, there that's we go. just no. my face. Okay, okay, it's okay. just my face. <laughs> All right, so next week, Dick Tracy. I'm super stoked about that because I is that on streaming networks anywhere? It is. It's on HBO Max. Okay. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that'll be next week for us. So please go ahead and watch that if you'd like to join us. You can join us live Tuesday night at nine Eastern, eight Central. Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/screenheroes. Please join us. We do this live. We talk and chat during it. We do tons of posts and polls and brackets. We're doing a a X Men movie bracket right now which is going really well so thank you to everybody who's voted and participated in that uh ryan if people want to reach out to you or if you want to tell people what it is that you do when you're not podcasting go right ahead uh yeah if you want to reach out to me 
you can find me at Buster Props on the things. On the things. Ray, what about you? I'm Siren Ray. All day, every day. <laughs> and I'm the Star Trek dude. You can also find me on the Gamer Heroes podcast, the video game podcast here on the Heroes Podcast Network. This week's episode actually had my old co-host and Ryan's business partner at Buster Props, John, join me. So My little can... brother. <laughs> Snake, also known as Snake Pliskin, a.k.a. Snake Pliskin. Oh, man. It's um, true. That's his name, guys. So we uh, we talked about the Resident Evil game franchise, not the movies, but uh, you can check us out there. Of course, we are Screen Heroes at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter. You can find us at heroespodcasts.com, and the show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. As always, if you leave us a review somewhere, let us know. We will give you a shout out on the show and probably read that review right here on the show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.